Like most, you wonder about the economy. What will the inflation rate be in 2034? You wonder about your future too. Is your overseas holiday risking your retirement or will you have enough to retire in style? How much is enough? At Old Mutual, we'll help you work out exactly how much is enough for you. Then Old Mutual Investment Group provides the investment solutions to deliver on your goals. Solutions like the Old Mutual Balance Fund, which has significantly outperformed inflation through all the ups and downs of the economy for more than 20 years. Speak to your financial advisor about how this fund can help ensure you have enough to do great things. Or visit howmuchisenough.co.za. Old Mutual Investment Group, a licensed financial services provider. Business Report. Africa Business Report this evening. Matthew Davies is the editor of BBC Africa's Business Report. He joins us in the Money Show studio. The last time I saw you was at the BBC in London, and they've sent you here. They have sent me here, Bruce. The, the continent, is it one that the BBC is particularly interested in, in terms of the developing story, the, the GDP growth story, the, oh, the evolving economy story? Absolutely. I mean, this is why we set up the BBC um, uh, Africa Business Report, the, the, the television programme in the first place, because of the whole Africa rising, the great interest that everybody in our has in African economics and business. And when you look at it from a, being located in South Africa, do you think, we put it in the wrong place. This isn't an Africa rising. This is a country that's stagnant. Africa rising is happening north of South Africa's borders. Uh, yes, but this is an excellent place to be located in because everybody comes through here to do yeah. business. You know, you've got all the Americans, Europeans, every, all the companies who want to get into Africa. This is the jumping off point. So we catch them on their way past. Excellent. You do that. The economics of Ebola, we, we see the huge impact that it's having in not only the region where it is affected. There was a fabulous graphic uh, posted online last week saying, here is where Ebola is and this is the rest of Africa. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, tourism to South Africa is affected by this Ebola outbreak you know, 5,000 kilometres from here. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, but even if you look at closer to um, closer in West Africa, you look at somewhere like Ghana. We had a report from Ghana the other day looking at the tourism industry there. Ghana's never had a case of Ebola. No. And yet uh, hotel occupancy in there is plummeting. Look at uh, Gambia, surrounded by Senegal. Senegal had, what, one case? Yep. Gambia's had no cases, but they have a big tourist industry, 65% of the tourist industry there is being decimated by just fear of Ebola. And look at um, today, look at Morocco. Yeah. Morocco drops out of the, uh, the African Cup of Nations and they did so because they want to protect their tourism industry because they think, ah, if, some, if just one case, if we, we can't take the risk of just one case getting here and destroying our tourism But industry. that's all it's going to take um, for, for so many take. regions. And people are paranoid. I just saw Bill Gates' um, talking head on uh, on one of the international news channels this evening talking about malaria and malaria funding. You've got a far greater chance of anywhere on the African continent in high-risk areas of catching malaria than you do of Ebola. But malaria doesn't scare people. Ebola does because of the, the contagious effect. And it's just such an horrific illness. Well, exactly. And if you look at the three countries, if you look at Guinea and uh, Liberia and Sierra Leone, the number of people who die of malaria in those in those countries every year is actually 10 times more than they've already died of Ebola yeah. but it's this whole thing where you can't go near people it's the it's the lack of contact between people and that's what this disease does it 
breeds the fear. You can't go out. You fear to go to work. You fear to go work to go and do your shopping in the markets. So the whole economy starts to collapse. It, it takes us back to your hometown of London, circa sixteen sixty five, and the plague <laughs> little before my time, uh, but not much. <laughs> bubonic plague. I mean, it, it's that kind of, of deep paranoia that people have, and it's a perfectly natural response to a human crisis. Yeah, and you just get see entire economies collapsing. Mm. And prices of food, of course, go up, which, of course, it, they did uh, in, in the, after the black, uh, after the bubonic plague. You know, prices skyrocket, and then you had huge labor unrest after the, um, after the bubonic plague in the, in the 12th century. Sure. Because nobody was left to actually do any of the work. And what will happen in these three countries after the Ebola goes should be very interesting. I think they're going to need a lot of help. Mm, the middle class story, I mean, is it a middle income story? Is it a middle class story? Is it a consumer story? The myth versus the reality? What are you uncovering there? Well, it's a rather interesting thing. I mean, I'm just fascinated by this, about the, the sort of numbers that people use. Because the African Development Bank says, if you're middle class, they said it some years ago, if you're middle class, you're earning, you're spending $2 a day, somewhere between 2 yeah. and $20 a day. And um, McKinsey said, no, 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 you're spending $55 a day. And the Standard Bank came out the other day and said, no, actually, you're spending somewhere between $15 and $120. So no, the whole thing about the middle class is where, who is it? Where is it? I mean, how do we define it? I mean, there's definitely something there. Absolutely. There's definitely something growing. How it's growing and in what direction it's growing, we're not quite sure because there's also vast income disparity. There's richer getting richer, the poor getting poorer. So how does this all feed into this middle class? So I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, I think I'm looking at a, ti- a rising tide, which is lifting the boats, but it seems to be lifting some boats a little bit more than others. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's deeply confusing, and it's all about the which consultancy can sell its report for the highest amount of money to people who yeah, want to invest course. on the continent. Don't <laughs> be cynical about it, but <laughs> that, that's what it is. And then you, you question whether or not the US is behind the curve. And I, I remember going and spending uh, two, three weeks in New York in 2008, just as the financial crisis was unraveling, and um, people were absolutely petrified in the United States as to what this meant for the future of the US economy. And I, I asked a, a bunch of people, Bob Rubin and others, saying, African continent, the Chinese are in there, everyone else is in there, but Uncle Sam doesn't give a damn. Uncle Sam has woken up to the African opportunity, and a goer, of course, is mm-hmm. absolutely huge. We've got to um, tap dance carefully if we want to remain part of a goer as South Africa, but a goer is big for the US, isn't it? A goer is huge. I mean, that, that, a goer defines US-Africa trade. I mean, it's just uh, because of the, the the amount of access that African goods and services and countries can get to the American market, being the, 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 with the zero tariff thing, um, that absolutely defines um, U.S. Africa trade. But U.S. Africa trade in the last couple of years has actually been falling off since the since the two thousand and eight crisis. I mean, you're looking at uh, what was it eighty three billion dollars worth of trade yeah. last year, but in two thousand and eleven it's it was one hundred and twenty six or something like that, and this year it's probably going to be even worse. So where the graph for the u s Africa trade is going down, the one for china Africa trade is going absolutely through the roof mm. but this doesn't really seem to bother the Americans because they're more sort of saying, yeah, but it's companies that do the trading it's not countries that yeah. deal with the trade with countries it's companies and we got our companies going into Africa and we're quite happy we need to do more of it but we're quite happy with what's going on at the moment are you a believer in catalytic capitalism 
I've, if I knew what it was, I'm sure it could be convinced. Why do you not stay tuned for the next half hour well, and when we talk about catalytic capitalism? Because a lot of what you're talking about is capitalism being used as a catalyst for growth. Yes. Um, lots of people on the African continent mistrust capitalism. They see capitalism as uh, cataclysmic rather than cataclysmic. Lytic.